Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 146, Who Do You Want to Be? I'd like this episode to be an opportunity for reflection, and I realize that it may not be the perfect environment for you to reflect. In fact, most people I hear listen to the podcast when they're cleaning, which is actually a great thing. And some people listen to the podcast in their car or on their way to work or on their way to pick up children or drop them off. Maybe you're one who can listen while you take a walk or soaking in the tub or just laying down on the bed for 20 minutes with your eyes closed. Wherever, whatever you're doing, do your best to exhale, relax, and get quiet. We're not so comfortable with quiet, are we? I want to ask you some questions that might be clarifying for you. First off, what kind of a woman do you want to be? Actually be precise. Name the virtues. Kind, patient, faith-filled, empathetic, growth-oriented, honest. Maybe you have some other virtues that you really want to live. What kind of wife do you want to be? Describe her in your mind. I want to love my husband as much as God loves him. What kind of mother do you want to be? Now, go to the positive and don't dwell on the mother you are not, the one you wish you were. I'm asking you, what kind of mother do you want to be? What kind of friend do you want to be? And what does your family life look like In five years, 10 years, maybe even 20 years. In the way by St. Jose Maria Escriva, the first point. So it's a book of 999 little points, thoughts for reflection. And the very first one is don't let your life be barren. Be useful, blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and your love. When we hear those words, sometimes we think we have to go do something bigger in the world than to be where we are right now in the world. But I want you to consider and understand the profound importance of your role in the world how your role in your family can actually change the world. In the 1860s, there was a poet named William Ross Wallace. I think I've mentioned this on previous episodes before. But he wrote a poem called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And there's a line. I I was going to read the poem, but actually, it's really hard to kind of understand some of the words. But there's a refrain that comes in every stanza. And that refrain is the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. In this poem, he praises motherhood as the preeminent force for change in the world. 
the preeminent force for change in the world. We, wives and mothers, do we really understand the simple yet profound power we have in our role as wife and mother? We feed the hungry, we give drink to the thirsty, we clothe the naked, we give shelter to travelers, we take care of the sick, we even visit the sick, we visit the imprisoned, people who may be in the hospital, maybe it's our parents who are in nursing homes and they can't leave, we visit them. And sometimes we bury the dead, and sometimes the dead are our own children. Day in and day out, we do all these things for years on end. And yet so many women are blind to how important their daily tasks of caring for and tending to and nurturing a family really are. There's a book by Alice von Hildebrand, and it's called The Privilege of Being a Woman. And in this little but hugely profound book, you should really get it and read it. She talks about how there are always strong women behind men. And just as we look through history, who's the strong woman behind Jesus? Mary. Then we have Mary Magdalene and the other women whom the Lord appeared to first. Doesn't that say something to you about women, that Jesus would appear to these women first before his best friends, his apostles, the guy group? No, he appeared to the women. And there are lots and lots of examples of strong women behind the men. Again, I want to repeat, understand the profound importance of your roles of wife and mother. We're not playing games here. This is serious business, and your children depend on you understanding, embracing, and loving your roles. We need to only look at the craziness that's gone on in the world in the last, I don't know, eight, ten years. I mean, I feel like we've thrown kerosene on a little smoldering flame. And all of a sudden, all the values and morals that we just kind of always took for granted for the majority of the population, they're being tested, they're being questioned, and we need to defend them. Society depends on your understanding the importance of your role and embracing it with strength and perseverance. As Pope St. John Paul said, as the family goes, so goes the nation and so goes the whole world in which we live. Think about that for a minute. As the family goes, who's the heart of the family? We are. We are nurturer, spiritual heart of the family. We are the rock. We are teacher in physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual things. We are the encourager and the cheerleader. We are all those things. But our weakness is that we think we can do it all ourselves. We are competent. We see our strengths. So we try and we fail. And when we fail, we label it overwhelmed, stressed, anxious. Actually, we just tried to do more than we really could do. 
Because to fully reach our potential, we have to let go. We have to let go of control, of being a victim to our feelings. We have to let go of trying to just put our head down and get it all done, all by ourselves. We have to let go of being the martyr and doing it all. We have the perfect super strength to be all that we're called to be and all that those around depend upon us to be. But we say no to the super strength. I can do it all on my own. Even though the evidence before us clearly indicates we cannot do it all on our own. And seriously, who could do it all on her own? So instead, we say, I can't do it all on my own, so it's not getting done. Or we want outside help. But the truth is, we need interior help more. The truth is, we need a life of prayer to take on and live well this massive responsibility of ruling the world. Now, I can hear you say... I don't have time for prayer. You do have time for prayer and it must take priority. I see these women standing in line or their cars in line for hours. It seems like hours, but for a very long time waiting for Starbucks. They have plenty of time for that, but they don't have time for prayer. Nonsense. Now, I wish I could say to you that I do all of my prayer every day without distraction or procrastination, but The truth is, I'm in the struggle with you. I am that woman who still thinks I can do it all myself, even though God has shown me over and over and over in many different ways that I cannot. I'm a little further ahead of you on the journey in that I've lived long enough to understand what a day looks like without my prayer so that it actually does become my first priority most days. Because in order to do this big, massive job of being a wife and mother and blaze a trail and make my life mean something beautiful and illuminating, I have to humble myself before my God and ask him to help me. And sometimes in my prayer, I just cry. (laughs) I cry. This is too hard. I'm not happy. I'm worried about my sons. I'm worried about my daughters. I'm worried about my husband. I can't go on doing the same thing over and over again, God. Don't you realize that? Can't you fix all this? And there he is, listening to me, holding space for me. And then in a whisper, I hear him say, You can with my help. You can with my help. But in order to take his help, I have to give him my will. I have to buckle up and let go for the ride wherever he chooses to take me. He may ask you to take up the struggle of learning and implementing a cleaning schedule that keeps your house clean and is an oasis for your family, but is not in your natural personality. (laughs) He may ask you to welcome Love, nurture, educate a child with special needs. Or just children who have strong wills. He may ask you to love a husband through many, many years of addiction so that you can grow and he can heal. He will ask you to let go of the thought, my will be done. The only thing we can give to God 
that he doesn't already have is our will. And he won't take it from us. He wants it to be freely given. And that's what time of prayer helps us to remember. It reminds us to give God our will. How does God want you to live your life? Who does God want you to be? Answer those questions. Don't just let those gloss by and say, oh, that was such a nice question, and then keep listening. Stop. Pause the episode and really answer the questions. Don't listen to the world tell you how you should live your life or who you should be. Let the creator of the universe who loves you more than humanly possible to understand tell you how to live your life and who you can be. To be open and available to all he has to offer us, to live a joy-filled life and create that bright and cheerful home. That's what prayer will do for you. And I can't convince you with any sweeter words. You must try it. And one and done is not going to work. We just saw the Mother Teresa movie. And I was reminded, I had read the book about her, but I was reminded how, I don't know, was it 20, 25 years of spiritual dryness where she prayed? She did all of that service work with really, really difficult circumstances. She didn't hear any sweet caresses from God. She did it out of faith and love. It wasn't because she was being encouraged and nurtured. So sometimes prayer will be dry. Sometimes you'll feel like it was a waste of time. But it's never a waste of time. Sometimes I remember sitting with my kids and we did something that I thought was a waste of time. And guess what? I heard about what a wonderful time that was about 10 or 15 years later. They remembered it. I didn't. Prayer is about relationship. It's about connection with God. It's about getting to know him and getting to know me. So the first thing you must do is make a plan. When are you going to pray? Write it down the night before. Start with 15 minutes and just sit with God. I like to take out the New Testament and play Bible roulette, <laughs> where I open up the New Testament and I fall, my eyes fall on a passage and I'm like, oh dang, that's what I really needed to hear today. And I just reflect about it. Put myself in the situation. If I'm there at Cana and I hear Mary say to the servants, do whatever he tells you, and I apply that to my life, do I? Do I do whatever he tells me? Another thing you can do, uh, if you go to janetquinlan.com forward slash spiritual books, all one word, you'll get a list of 50 excellent spiritual reading books. And I've kind of arranged them by topic, but also by books that are easier for people um, when they're first beginning prayer. Now, strong suggestion, don't say that you sat for 15 minutes praying when actually you read a book for 15 minutes. Spend a minute, two minutes reading a passage and then asking God, what do you want me to know about this? How can I apply this to my life? But you have to plan when you're going to pray. Remember, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And don't get all wound up about your plan and Susie Q's plan. Your plan is going to be different than her plan. That's the way it works. Look at your day. Decide when you're going to do it. The earlier in the day, the better. 
because then you'll have the graces throughout the day and the peace throughout the day to deal with the husband and the children and the house and the crumbs and all that comes in our day. In life coaching, you've heard me talk many times about how our thoughts direct our actions. So if you think, I can never do this, you won't. You won't allow yourself today to be curious about how you can. Or if you think that prayer, that's not going to help me be a better wife or mom. As soon as you think that, I can guarantee you it will not. But what if it could? What if by praying, you could be the woman who can keep her house clean? You could be the woman who shows up loving and affectionate with her husband. What if prayer actually keeps you calm enough so that you don't yell and scream at the kids, but you discipline them with virtue, teaching them virtue? What if prayer allows you to become that woman you want to be? And what if prayer also helps you open yourself up to allow your needs to be met. We're good at having this pity party that we're exhausted and stressed and anxious and we have to do everything. We're that dish rag just completely wrung out with nothing left to give. Yes, this job is tiring and exhausting. But seriously, what job isn't? I mean, name a job that's not tiring and exhausting. We have teachers trying to teach a myriad of children all day long. We have attorneys working all night long preparing for a trial or doctors focusing on surgeries or 12, 14, 16 hour shifts or even the garbage guys driving the garbage, stinking garbage truck. Life is exhausting, but prayer soothes and eases the burden of exhaustion and allows us to see the joy in this job, this calling of motherhood. Prayer not only nurtures you, it gives you insight into how you can allow others, your children, your husband, and friends, to nurture you. Again, we're good at being martyrs, but we're terrible at falling into the loving arms of Jesus or into the arms of our husband and even into the arms of our children and just letting them nurture us. Begin today then one day at a time. And if you miss a day, begin again the next day. I want to read a quote to you from Jacques Philippe's Thirsting for Prayer book. People with long-established prayer life possess a noticeable quality of attention, presence, listening, and availability, which people whose whole lives are given over to activity are often incapable of. Prayer gives rise to sensitivity, respect, and attention. Precious gifts for those whom we encounter on our way. Go back 15 seconds and re-listen to that. You want to be that calm woman who is not short-tempered and screaming at her kids or stressed or overwhelmed? Pray. People with a long-established prayer life possess a noticeable quality of attention presence, listening, and availability. And finally, I started this episode with point number one in the way, don't let your life be sterile. And I'm going to end it with point number 999, where St. Jose Maria says, and what is the secret of perseverance? Love. 
fall in love and you will not leave him. Allow yourself to fall in love with God, to fall in love with him, to persevere in prayer so that you actually have a relationship with him and you will become the woman you were created to be. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.